Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Yeah, welcome in to another rousing rendition of Libservative Intellectual Idiots Fostering Political and Cultural Literacy. I'm fired up today, but before we get into why that's the case, he as always is Corey Walsh. He's Dan Griffin. We've and got I Bell. We tried we got- to get my microphone to stay where it's supposed to be. <laughs> and we got Bell, the body snatcher behind the scenes. He's going to have a, he's going to, I think he's, I think Bell's going to have an easy day today. <laughs> <laughs> Corey and I decided to have some fun. Uh, we're going to cover a couple of basic topics, but before we do, I, I got to tell you, I just read some news that I haven't been able to corroborate just yet. Um, it's been sent over by a friend of mine uh, via Matt Adams on Twitter, which is that John Rahm, the number one golfer in the world, was about to leave for the Live Tour. And if you've been living under a rock, uh, Live and the PGA have officially merged, basically making it so that effectively the Saudis now own the PGA. Well, from what I've heard, isn't it just one person on the board from Live? The uh, the number one. Hold on, I got it here. The number one investor in this merger. Uh, I think I sent it to you guys. It's here somewhere. Do 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 do. The PIF. Is, is the main investor in the merger. That's going to change. There will be more. But as of right now, effectively, the Saudis now, the Saudis effectively own the PGA Tour. After all that grandstanding that I and all of these, all of these PGA players made about fucking blood money and the Live Tour, all those guys that left for the, the tour to take the, the Live Tour to take the blood money are now basically yeah, get, with everyone else getting their cake and eating it too and i was sitting here trying to wonder over the last couple of days since this news broke or it's actually really since yesterday that this news broke that the pga and live golf were uh merging i was like why in the fuck would the pga not stick to their principles well it turns out they don't have any principles they went ahead and let the money of live scare them to the point where they decided to merge and the sports washing by the Saudis is actually working. That's your geo. That's your geopolitics and sports here as we are right now. Uh, and it turns out because I was thinking, I'm like, why would they do this? I was like, my first thought was there had to have been more big PGA players that were about to jump ship. It's the only thing that made sense to me. And then, you know, sure enough, we have this report coming from Twitter about the possibility that the number one player in the world was about to, jump ship and go take the money and play on the live tour. So they came to a deal. It's just bad, man. It's a bad look for my favorite sport. I hate it. <laughs> Getting a little upset. I really am like, this is like, cause, cause now, now I feel like shit because if you think I'm not going to tune into the tournament this weekend, now I'm still going to watch. I'm still going to watch the sport that I love. I'm still going to play the sport that I love. I'm still going to, 
perhaps buy tickets to go see the sport that I love at some point. And it just really, it really, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just upsetting to me because now I'm going to feel like, now I feel like a hypocrite. Yeah. I had a guy at work actually. Uh, he's like, Oh, so did you hear about live and PGA? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I fucking heard about it. Cause Dan <laughs> won't shut up. About it. No, that's not what I said, but yeah, it's, uh, that's frustrating because like this money that's being thrown into like something and it's like it's like it's golf you know and the pgas i mean it's it's not america it's european right no it's that's that's the american association there's also the european tour which is in association with the pga tour okay and so this isn't even association they just merged yeah that's what it sounds like i mean i'm i'm sure it's still going to stay under the pga label you know what i mean um, right. I haven't I haven't heard anything that that's going to change. I don't know like, what's going to happen with the rest of the live tournaments. To be quite frank, I don't really care. If there was like a uh, an association type thing, like with uh, like because what's the uh, what's the European version called? Uh, the DP World Tour. The DP World Tour. So like them two, they coincide. With oh, I'm sorry. The DP. The, hold on, because I don't watch a whole lot of it. Um, the DP World Tour, I believe, is the association of most of Europe and certain other regions as well i don't know i don't i don't really pay too much attention to that but um even though there are some pretty good players on that tour but yeah it's all it's all it's all been always been all under the pga umbrella and look i think the pga has a little takes a little bit of blame in this there there have been players that have been bitching for for years and years and years the most notably and loudest was fucking phil mickelson about the way that money's distributed um so Bell's telling us that the Saudi investment fund has almost seven hundred billion into into, and I think I believe that's just into the merger. I don't, know that, I don't know if that I don't know if that includes players or what what that includes, but still, it doesn't really matter what it includes. It's a shit ton of money. They literally gave them an offer that they could not refuse. It's gross. I'm gonna feel gross watching this sport now, even though oh, actually I'm gonna be interested to see how I feel because eventually I'm probably gonna let it kind of slip slip into the back of my mind human nature just like because i do love the sport so much just like people who watch football which is me uh just kind of don't pay attention on sundays to how much tbi just every time this these heads are just clunking together yeah dance yeah, for me puppets dance for me dan this is the textbook definition of cognitive dissonance mm-hmm <laughs> It's Where just so, it's just so shitty. And behaviors combat, and you let one beat the other. Because it's like people, I can just see people coming to me going, Well, sure, I thought, I thought you had principles. <laughs> I thought you were a principled individual. You thought that, that live was all about the blood money. I'm like, Okay, well, it was. And you weren't going to watch. It's like, and I didn't. Well, well now, now, what? now what, sir? I swear to God, if Saudi Arabia gets into the NFL, <laughs> buying them all up, Corey. Uh, buying them all up under on the on with with the blood of the Houthi people in Yemen. Yeah, it sucks. You know, uh, yeah, that, like that's the thing too, right? Like, like they make a bunch of money on oil. That's fine. Everyone's trying to make money on oil. We're talking about a com- a country. That literally chops up journalists with bone saws. It's just insane to me that we as a, Americans, as a collective, 
will sell our fucking left nut for a couple hundred bucks, man. It's just insane that like, like the way we're in bed with China, knowing what China is and what they do, and the way that that PGA and golf is just hopping in bed with Saudi Arabia, all well, for the almighty dollar. And here's the thing: it is it is a little bit defensible to me. I mean, I think the PGA could have done more with with the payment structure and not having is and just like hearing the players out before Liv came along because there, there were players that were pissed about the structure of the way that winnings were paid out. There were players that were pissed about how many tournaments that were mandatory, just how much golf they were forced to play. Cause it is a long season. I mean, it goes from February to basically ba- almost October. I mean, it's a, it's a long season. They don't have to play every week, but they have, they, they've always had a lot of mandatory events and the PGA could have done something to, to help the players more. And then Liv comes along and says, here's a fucking trillion dollars, Dustin Johnson. Why don't you come play with us? Right. Okay. They, they saw, they saw the, uh, the grievances of the players that millions of people watch who aren't getting paid and they go, well, we'll pay you. Yeah. Long, long before. And like, it's just, it's just an example of an autocratic nation taking advantage of Western capitalism and essentially beating us at it. Yeah, so Bell said a new company will be created that will be majority owned by the existing PGA Tour, which is a nonprofit. The new okay. company, however, will operate for profit in Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, which currently owns more than 90% of Lib, will take a large minority stake in the combined entity. The exact stake that PIF will assume in the new company will depend on how much it will invest in amount expected to be in the billions of dollars. But All regulators right. can still strike down the deal. And they won't. I no, don't. No, because they're getting a shit ton of money, Dan. Yeah, it's just it's it's an autocratic nation kicking the West's ass at at uh, at capitalism. It's basically just like you know to to a degree like the PGA didn't have a chance. They just didn't have a chance. I mean, with with all like that is so much money because Liv was throwing so much money at it. They made PGA the miners. Yeah. Well, at least they were they were trying to. And if they yeah. had taken John Rahm away, whoo, that would have been a real problem. That would have been a real problem. That would that would have been legitimately the best player in the world jumping if ship. If those Saudis try to put their hands into the fucking PDGA. Oh no. <laughs> Honestly, would you, here's the thing, if they did, if the Saudis did buy professional disc golf, they would make it. I guarantee you they would if 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 they kind of slipped under the radar with it uh, through some sort of like like backdoor deal where nobody knew it was them. And all of a sudden it was like, they just pumped a shitload of money into this sport. And all of a sudden, like all the courses are completely immaculate. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Cause you, you, so like, so they would blow it up. They would blow the sport up. <clears throat> Before we get into our next little thing real quick, live certain podcast is finding all social media and podcast Idiots. platforms. Our website is absurdivshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at Libservative Pod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Back to disc golf. Oh, God. You saw today, or you saw this weekend, based on where we went for... Uh, our little, our first crack at investigative journalism. <laughs> if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> Which was milk, to- milk toast at best. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 uh, we did our best, but like we didn't, you know, we didn't have a 
game plan really going out and stuff. And this is basically a learning experience, an exploratory, an exploratory expedition into all things investigative journalism. That's what it was. And, uh, but uh, you saw the potential for disc golf and these different courses, like the one at Territorial Brewing Company. And like, mm-hmm. if it was like maintained and done right, like you, there's, there's like serious stuff that can be done with it. So you're saying the Saudis are going to come and do that? Yes. <laughs> Corey's all for it. I'm not for it. No, <laughs> I don't want that blood money. We, uh, so we did want to announce that we, we we're, we're, we're putting together a, a small project at the moment with regards to our coverage of graphic packaging and their alleged uh, poisoning of the city of Kalamazoo. Um, we did, we conducted a, a couple of interviews uh, with uh, Redditor Scott and uh, also the lead activist, um, or at least she calls herself the lead activist. Um, Based suing, on what she's doing, yeah. It sounds like she probably is. I, I can't imagine there being a more passionate activist um, against graphic packaging. And these are two interviews that we conducted that we plan to release in separate episodes coming forward. And then Corey and I and Bell. We also will. have a third that's still like we're not exa- we need to cooperate i think with our first two interviewers yeah pending. i think they, i think it's i think that's what makes our show unique is like we're pretty really open with a lot of this stuff with our listeners mm-hmm. and yeah and like we still have to cooperate what <laughs> what the third interview said because there's a man named brian we met him at 2 a.m yeah so we did we did to- we did take the expedition out to kalamazoo this this weekend we were there for about 36 hours um and, and really the point was to just kind of a get a view of the plant b um we've 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 heard and, and seen various reports about acute symptoms taking place for just being there for a short time we wanted to kind of see if we had those effects happen to us um uh, with us being you know pretty healthy men in our early and mid 30s i can say i didn't really experience much yeah it than, was very acute other than we so, were there other than maybe some eye burn, but I also have pretty serious hay fever this time of year. So it could easily have been just ch- just chalked up to allergies. Um, we yeah, so that's, that's what's interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. like when we were driving by there, how much of it was in my brain? It wasn't because I feel like when we were driving by there, I felt a little bit of stuff in my nasal cavities, mm-hmm. but it was so like, like not necessarily subtle, but it was like, is this my mind? If you remember in the car, I was like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, are we. I don't know if I'm like forcing this on myself. Are we trying to find it? One weird thing, though, Dan, Mm -hmm. that did happen in the car, if you remember, after the second time we drove by the plant, you and I were driving away, heading towards the next disc golf course. And then I said, See, again, I don't know if this is in my head or if this is something that is going on, but I just had a weird, sharp little pain, like in my head, like after driving through there. Mm-hmm. And you said I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, I just got a weird sharp pain as well, but I thought it was in my head, and I think that that for one hundred percent only anecdotal evidence. I want to be clear: this is just anecdotal evidence that is still up in the air that could be just in our heads. It was just interesting that we both, yeah, it felt definitely the same symptom, <laughs> but also kind of were like trying to brush it off. Like it definitely happened. I, I mean. I'm, 
if I had to chalk it up to anything, I would just chalk it up to coincidence. <laughs> and that we were drinking until 3 a.m. Yeah. with, yeah, yeah, yeah. with yeah. Ryan, the homeless guy. <laughs> it, it could have easily been a hangover. And that, that might be our third interview. So we don't we don't want anybody to think that we were like trolling Kalamazoo to find homeless people to interview. No. Uh, Corey <laughs> Bell and myself were, were at our hotel. We were out in the parking lot, minding our own business, drinking beers. And I wanted him Bell's words. Bell. When the, when you as soon as you saw the homeless guy, what was the first thing you thought? <laughs> the first thing I thought of is we're about to talk to this man. Because that's the what you say it was. Because this is a very Corey thing to do. <laughs> said, this is you're in the hotel. I'm like that. What just happened is some very Corey Walsh shit. Yeah, yeah we I talked to him walking around in the like. Like kept looking over his shoulder, like at the hotel. And it was like it was like it was like one o'clock in the morning. Like it was, it was not early. And he was like walking around with a bucket and a and a pole, like he was about to wash some windows. And so, like he came up to us. This wasn't like we weren't like trying. I called him over because I wanted wanted him to look at that map. (laughs) Oh, topographic. Corey is a magnet for homeless people. I don't know what it is. And as soon as I saw this homeless man, I seen Corey just light up and I knew that we were about to talk to this homeless man. You could really I, you honestly, could be standing in the middle of the fucking desert and there would be a homeless man that would walk. He's a up real man you. of the people. Yeah, no, and in, in all reality, honestly, in the most genuine way, I really look at people who are homeless as people too. And I try to not treat them in any way differently. And that's the I, most white savior thing you've ever said, Corey Walsh. Yeah, but I'm not a person that's just cracking my window, you know, and then slipping the dollar out where they can't fit their fingers inside. Was- you saw it firsthand. I'm like, yo, come over here. Like, I wish I had more beer. Like, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> yeah. Threw him a little bit of cash. You know, I'm not saying that to say, like, I'm just good. I'm just saying, like, I literally had, you know. They we talked to almost people have some of the most fascinating stories. And we talked to Brian for a while and he certainly had some fascinating stories. Yeah. And so, yeah. And he had some things to say about graphic packaging. He was talking about the history of Pfizer and an old company that has a pharmaceutical plant called Upjohns. I don't even want to say some of the things he was saying yet without cooperating with other people because it could just be nothing, but it could be something. I did a little research into what upjohn is and upjohn was a pharmaceutical the original pharmaceutical company that actually created cortisone and a bunch of stuff like that in a city around kalamazoo and then they headquartered in kalamazoo and they were building neighborhoods and they were doing all kinds of stuff and then pfizer bought took over and beyond that is the information that brian gave us which we will have to corroborate Mm -hmm. he said some pretty crazy shit it sounded very it sounded very conspiratorial, but hey, we'll take a look. We'll dive in. Yeah. We fun. need to talk to our couple other people that we interviewed and see if they heard anything about any of that. I like digging into con- cuz that was what was interesting, right? Like his so like one thing I think that I really learned from this whole experience is there's a million different uh avenues that go in a million different directions of uh, each story that you're working on. We saw people there in Kalamazoo and we asked them and they didn't even really know what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned this stuff to Brian and then he just had a treasure trove of a bunch of stuff that he was just sitting on. 
mm-hmm. giving us giving us addresses to houses of people who were allegedly whistleblowers from the eighties mm-hmm. about graphics packaging and upjohns and stuff like that. Stuff that we that we did not hear from any of our other people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he didn't. I mean, now granted, I don't feel like he had a reason to lie, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he could have been just saying what we wanted to hear to hope to get a buck or two off of us mm-hmm. or something. And he like got that. it. <laughs> and the weird, <laughs> yeah, he did. He got a few bucks off of us. But uh, but yeah, it's just it was an interesting experience. Yeah. And when we when you drive by graphic packaging. It 100% smells like shit. So caveat to that, we were there for about 36 hours. Not enough time for obviously any sort of long-term effects to take place. We didn't... I don't think any of the three of us experienced any sort of acute symptoms um, other than my allergies were on fire when I got home, but that that could be anything. <laughs> like, it's, they've been right. bad this year to begin with. Um, but we did get that we didn't really get the smell of of the of the factory until we were right on top of it now again right caveat and a little bit west of it because the a little bit west of it blowing, the direction yeah. that the wind was blowing maybe a couple of 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 blocks um but caveat to that is again it was a sunday it's a skeleton crew i don't they probably weren't in there was like barely any cars in the parking lot uh operations or anything like that and and i remember Corey and i talking about like i can if this is any worse than this on like a Monday, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, when, uh, when graphic packaging is in, is in full swing, I could definitely see this being a lot worse and spreading a lot further. Yeah. You know, we yeah. don't know. We're, you know, we, mean, there on those days. we drove on the West side. Do you want to say maybe a quarter of a mile, an mm-hmm. eighth of a mile? You can smell and it was it. one of those odd days where the wind was actually blowing from East to West, which was kind of, it was kind of strange. It wasn't yeah. blowing from West to East. Um, but yeah, then, I mean, and then also, so then there's also the whole story of the, uh, the waste, like the wastewater plant. Mm-hmm. Can't get to it. No, we couldn't get to it. Uh, there was a bridge being worked on in the area. And, uh, but when we were at the Spring Valley disc golf course, there was that spot where we got whiffs of the plant mm-hmm. and whiffs of like sewage. Yeah. Granted, there was a sewer by us. <laughs> That'll help. <laughs> but, I mean, it was like it wasn't like we weren't like standing over going, <laughs> taking in big whiffs. We were up on this. We were on a what was it? Was it the third hole or fourth hole? Yeah. And we were walking hill. up this hill, and then I'm like, "Whoa, guys, did you get a whiff of that?" You know. And granted, like our sewers around here don't smell like that. Yeah, I mean, the other thing to mention too is that like there were people riding bikes and and like literally right next to the plant jogging um, so, yeah. yeah so like as far as like acute symptoms go um from from being exposed to the emissions of graphic packaging it does seem like you know younger healthier people probably aren't going to experience acute right. symptoms so i mean that's just it's just another it's just another thing to consider just another thing that we that we noticed <clears throat> as we yeah yeah no it was, uh, it doesn't make it okay right granted but like no, of course not like the smell like if you've ever so for the listeners i'm trying to figure out the best way to describe this smell it smelled Um, like wet cardboard yeah like wet cardboard or like wet newspaper like if like if something happened let's say uh you had a basement that flooded and it was like mildewy it just it smells like wet pulpy newspaper that was like on fire 
the best way I can describe it is if someone ordered a pizza and then ate the pizza and then put some sort of vegetable inside the pizza box and then let it sit outside in the rain in a garbage can. Yeah, it's just like a wet newspaper pulpy smell. It was bad. Another weird thing, anecdotal evidence, if you guys remember, <laughs> my farts started to smell. <laughs> my farts were smelling like the paper plant afterwards, which I don't know why. You're not supposed to eat the recycled cardboard, Corey. It was, I don't know. I didn't. I don't think. Did I? I don't know. You weren't at the post factory. You weren't eating graham crackers in Battle Creek. Yeah, wasn't that weird too when we drove through Battle Creek? We were talking about that. Like, it smelled like cereal. Yeah, the luck of the draw for the industry for the city, right? Like, what industry builds the city up? Battle Creek, still a lower income like neighborhood, and a huge like post. Uh, Kellogg's just left there, right? I can't remember what Kellogg's yeah. did, but yeah. But uh, like their their uh, their city smelled like Cheerios. Like yeah, I thought it smelled. I thought it smelled a little bit more like grape nuts, but hey, it smelled like cereal. Yeah, so it, it was similar almost to a smell of a brewery when they're uh, when they're making mm. the mash, like a roasting. barley mash. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, we'll have that. We'll have that at least at least three parts coming out. But uh, our interview with the activist, our interview with uh, with uh, redditor quote unquote Scott. That's not his real name. Um, and then Corey and I, Corey, Corey and Bella, and myself will be doing a, a third episode to kind of recap those two interviews and just kind of you know, go over the basic situation because it's, it's, it's interesting that, um, active, the activist and Redditor Scott, um, is, I, I feel like if the two of them got together and had a discussion, they would have some very, very serious disagreements as opposed like as, as with regards to, um, the details of the situation. But at the end of the day, they're both like, yeah, fuck graphic packaging. They, like they both agree on like the fundamental biggest thing yeah. here, which is that graphic packaging is definitely polluting Kalamazoo. They might, dis- yeah, they might disagree uh, on they're negligent. They might dis- yeah, they might negligent. That's a good way to put it. Um, they might disagree on like the severity of the pollution and 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 things like that. But at the end of the day, any pollution really in any region is not a good thing. So it should be an interesting three part series. Um, I can't wait to get to work on it, and we'll kind of. Kind of see where that goes. A little, little bit of a yeah, different so, project for us here at Libservative. Yeah, well, it, what, it's funny you say that, Dan, because if you remember when our show originally first planned, like that's almost like what the initial plan for the show was. And yeah, we but we couldn't find it. We couldn't find anybody that was dumb enough to talk to us. We've gotten some cloud. We've got some reputation now. We're we're able to. So look for that. Yeah, our uh, I don't know what we're going to call it, but our uh, graphic packaging Kalamazoo series. Uh, anyway, we got a few. Uh, we got a f- uh, just a few things we want to touch on before we get into our fun game, uh, State of the Nation polling talk. Um, Corey, first of all, the uh, the debt ceiling was suspended until twenty twenty five. Surprise, surprise. Are we shocked that this happened? Best part about this for me. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to add, but the best part about this for me was that Thomas Massey, who is basically a, uh, I think probably the biggest deficit hawk in Congress, is like, yeah, I signed it because uh, the uh, one of the agreements is that budget deficit reductions would take place of to the tune of one point seven five trillion dollars over the next decade. In other words, Thomas Massey looks at this and he goes. 
There's 455,000 fucking landmines in front of me. Well, at least we can uh, we can get rid of one and make our, make our chances a little better to get across to the other side. It's just like it is, but it's just so pathetic that our government is so dysfunctional. Our federal government is so dysfunctional to the point where somebody whose like biggest thing is is the deficit and the national debt to where he's like, okay, it's like literally I'll take anything I can get. Right, because anything it's not going I the can other get. way. I'm like, I'm no Thomas Massey fan, but it's like it just just like you could just you could you can almost see the dejection in his in his in his face when he was when he's voting and it's just like yay <laughs> you know, it's just like it's just so it's so defeatist this this entire this entire federal government meanwhile we still got people on social media telling us that voting for voting third party is stupid <laughs> oh you saw that little interaction I, I, I did see that i did see that little little interaction it's like yeah okay because voting for either one of these parties that literally just stick at a stalemate is somehow better meanwhile your voting third party is throwing away your vote it's like okay well not throwing away your vote has gotten us where yeah, well, it's like, okay, no, no, no. So, so voting Democrat or voting Republican is also throwing away your vote. The difference when you vote third party is at least you can stick to your, you can stick to your principles while you're throwing your vote in the garbage. It's true. That's fact. <laughs> it's, it's, that's fact, Jack. That's fact, Jack. Do you have anything to add about the, uh, the, the, the debt ceiling non-surprise? No, because remember in the very beginning, I said, there is, they're going to figure it out. <laughs> that's what I said. You know, like, obviously I want to see us, uh, rain in our debt because we're just, it's eventually when you kick a can down the road the road eventually has a dead end side and, and hopefully there's not a, to have a stable dollar hopefully you know, there's not a cliff at the end of that road <laughs> oh and also going back to kalamazoo ironically today air quality in uh our east side of the mitten yes actually worse it's atrocious because the uh, goddamn because Canadian. Essentially, all of Canada is on fire apparently at the moment. So uh, we're getting we're getting all the smoke from the the new the new Quebec fires because there's there's been some pretty nasty droughts to yeah, the hey, land Bella, to the if north. You can find a couple photos of uh, uh, New York real quick. Yeah, as but, of um, today. But yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely insane that uh, what's going on there in New York. Like especially well, like like here we like I woke up we had 161 uh uh air quality which I guess is bad I don't know exactly the higher the number the worse it is yeah 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 I think it has to do with particulates I don't know I'm not a fucking meteorologist <sighs> it has to do with something to do with uh with the particulates in the air but like all I can see is so like I was actually just reading a um I can't remember which publication it came from but it was on MSN. And it's like the word climate change is in this fucking article six goddamn times when they're literally just trying to report the facts on the Canadian fires. And this is the kind of stuff that kind of drives me nuts because, you know, it's why do you have I, I cannot stand when publications inject climate change into random fucking weather events. It drives me insane. You cannot point to a random weather event and blame it on climate change. They do the same thing with hurricanes. They do the same thing with the California wildfires. 
And they go, well, yeah, well, when you add it all together, it's because of it, it's because of climate change. Okay, you can you can make that case based on data. I get that, but you can't just claim that one weather event is the result of climate change. Well, so just to be the devil's advocate, uh, they're saying a lot of these fires were caused by lightning, and lightning uh, in hot weather is increased and stuff like that, but. At the same time, we're also talking about El Nino mm-hmm. and El Nina. We're getting into a drier La Nina. Yeah, La, is it La Nina and El Nino? Yeah, get your Spanish, uh, get your Spanish right. And then, sure. so this is what New York looks like currently. Yeah, at least as of a few hours ago. That's insane. That's, like, and that this is a fire that's you know, five hundred. Five six hundred miles away from there. I don't know exactly the distance. That looks the- that's some Mad Max shit right there. Right, it looks like a nuclear fallout, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, it's just that's orange. Insane. Like just- so, anecdotal, like a little anecdotal story. Uh, my son today, he woke up, you know, runny nose. He had a cough. I woke up. So since we've been going to Kalamazoo, I've been checking the air quality in our city, Kalamazoo, different mm-hmm. things like that for compare it, comparison and stuff like that. And uh, I, I woke up and I looked and I'm like 161. I was like, well, what the fuck happened? <laughs> and I'm looking at the map and there's just this giant purple spot up in Ottawa and it's just blowing everything our way. It's clearing up here now. It's not bad. Throughout yeah. the day at work, you know, I work in a, I work in a uh, factory that has a very good air exchange rate. So like, I, I feel fine, you know, but my wife had to stay home with my son and we, we bought an air purifier. It's going in the, in, the, in the living room right now. And then my wife was kind of giving me shit and she's like, look, we're buying it and it's here now. And then look, now the air quality is getting better. I was like, yeah, but look how fast things can go sideways without even realizing it. Right. You know, like now we just have one. You know, we went and bought a thousand square foot air purifier. So give me, give me your devil's advocate on, on the climate change issue with regards to these fires. Oh, I, well, so my devil's advocate was, is uh, like, it is, it's Canada in uh, British Columbia. They had weather that was as hot as death Valley. Yeah. It's just things. You see certain events that happen that don't normally happen. Well, and the world that, is overall is again, getting warmer. Again, that 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 is just a random weather event. That that's really what that is. And and the other thing too is Canada actually has a wildfire season that goes technically from May to October. From May to October. Now, is it way worse right now than it has been in a long time? It certainly is. But again, we have an El Nino. We've we've seen we've seen some drought. We've experienced the drought here. I don't. When's the last time it rained here in, in Detroit? It's been like almost a month. It seems like since yeah. we've seen since we've seen a drop of rain. And like I, it's it's so funny because when I have these conversations with people that are like serious climate advocates, they 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 treat me like I'm a climate change denier. I'm not. Right. You and I have had these conversations. I I, but I do think that. It, the when jury, people use events like this, yeah, it's just cloud chasing. It's not necessarily they, yes. When they use random weather events to go see, it's just like when like people who really are climate change deniers, when it's you know thirty five degrees the you know the second week of October and it snows and they and go, they go what, what, happened to, what happened? What happened to climate? Change? Change? Yeah, 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 same yeah. shit. 
It's yeah, because like, you could also say, "What do you mean climate change? The water levels in California and the uh, like in uh, the Colorado River or whatever in the basin over there is higher than it's been in decades. What happened to climate change? It's not even and just things it's not even ebb just and flow. The, it's not even just the random weather events. It's also that like climate change is is in in like future projections. It's all based on models. Models are right. remarkably unreliable." Right, because they can be biased. You can you, all all you you can miss so many data points that you can put into a model, and it's like I'm not saying it's not a problem. Right. I'm not saying we shouldn't do more to curtail it, but I also don't like the doomsday bullshit that the climate activists throw our way. Right. Yeah. Because it's be like, a middle ground. Uh, like all the data shows that overall the Earth's temperature is rising. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a big problem for us. That is something that we have to deal with. But how big when someone takes a random weather event and uses that as an example of climate change, I sometimes feel like it's the equivalent of Jesse Smollett faking a racist attack. When all it's doing is hurting the initial cause. Right. So we like, okay. So what you're saying is that like, we know. Well, we know there are people that are idiots that just like, don't think climate change is real. Right, right, right. But to sensationalize it. When everyone is already entrenched in their beliefs, this is only hurting the cause of trying to get to a more sustainable, cleaner environment that we can all live in and not have to deal with things like Kalamazoo on a daily basis. Well, and get to, and get to a place where, cause like, yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those political situations where you, you where you're never going to convince either side to budge even just one minute. Right. So like, if I go to a climate change, like somebody who is a serious climate advocate, if I go to Greta Thunberg and I say, you know, Greta, look, I see what you've presented. Uh, I've seen that you care about the idea that the earth's temperature is rising, but I can't help but notice that you're all, you are convinced of what is going to happen in the next 10, 15, 20, when we don't know what's 50 years. Remember when, when people have been saying these things since the eighties, right. And not to mention is there a possibility that the that a rise in the Earth's temperature, while it will certainly have some negative effects on the Earth, okay, we we've already established that. Let's just say that you know, Greta, you're you're right about that. Is there a chance that there could be some like reverse positive effects? Because we've talked areas, about, yeah, we've, we're, talked, we've talked about the the green the you know the the now the overgreening of the Earth, right? Because what do plants breathe? CO two. They breathe CO two. I can see life being easier for plants with higher CO2 levels. Then they produce more oxygen. Like, I, I, I guess at the end as of the long day, as we I, don't keep chopping down trees. And I'm not saying that. Well, that's true. Life. I, I 100%. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I'm a lot more worried about the amount of trees being chopped down in the fucking Amazon than I am about like how much CO2 my car puts out on a daily basis. Yeah, we just have to be more environmentally conscious. I feel like that we're I think I feel like it's not doomsday. I don't like the sensationalization of the doomsday of it because what that does is it it hurts the cause. It's something that needs to you be know, considered. Um, devil's advocate too, I was just thinking about this is like big wildfires are becoming more frequent in the last few years. Like look at California 
you know, we just had a huge one in Michigan. When's the last time you heard of a huge wildfire in Michigan? Well, listen. But again, that's also weather, not climate. It was unseasonably warm here. I don't mean to, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to like kind of, because he was obviously riffing like he always does, but I don't mean to give Donald Trump credit, but talking about the California wildfires. You just got to rake the forest. No, yeah, I mean he wasn't wrong. Like the the natives used to do so, that shit. They so used to the reason the why he's not wrong is because, yeah, in back back before we tried to conserve these different uh, places and stuff like that, wildfires did happen. Wildfires are a cleanser. Yes, they're natural. It's a part. It's a part of the actual uh, cycle of forests mm-hmm. as humans. We like our forests. We like to go walk on the nature trails. So we try to preserve them. But what mm-hmm. that does is it creates a large underbrush of dead things and things like that to where when it actually fire does happen, yeah, it creates a tinderbox. Mm-hmm. And we also continually move into these areas where these things continually happen. So we try to preserve it to stop them more. So when it does happen, it's just gong show, just full tilt. Big ass fire. Um, Bell's the botanist of the group. Why don't you get in this conversation, buddy? <laughs> He's got. You got to have something to say. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I don't know. What he was asking. You're the plant guy, man. The the situation with the wildfire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're trying to throw this and get listen, 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 listen. Wildfires occur. Um, actually a lot of plants, the only way that they reproduce, for example, the white pine, the only way that it could ever grow is if there's a wildfire that burns the pine cone, which would allow the plant to germinate. That's, uh, the same for, uh, the great white, uh, or the great, uh, the, the huge S redwood cedars. Yep. So only way sometimes germinate and create new cedars. And I mean, really, honestly, if we're not here, these things are happening regardless. Because that's just the cycle of nature. What do you think about the uh, the human the human aspect of the underbrush phenomena? Because you 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 hear stories about native tribes that would strategically go through these wooded areas, and they wouldn't clean up all the underbrush. But they would clean it up in a way because, like, they're not, you know, they know the land. They know how fires start. They know uh, where is it. I guess they basically would set up. It sounded, it sounds like, and I'm just an idiot. So don't take my word for it. But they would almost like set up strategic burns. Right. As as natives. Right. So what they would do is they'd clear out certain areas and then make fires in, they'd make like sectors. Mm -hmm. And what they would do is they would, you know, gather all the brush from the surrounding areas, throw it in the area so that when they burnt it, that the fire wouldn't spread outside of where they picked up and it's all controlled. That way they could get their new bushes and their new uh, vegetation and all that, because that's how, how it grows. Sometimes vegetation becomes so abundant that it just kills itself off. So, that's what they did. They just got yeah, rid of that, it. And I don't mean to get all like spiritual and philosophical on you guys, but like, you know, like as humans 
fire is obviously a very detrimental health effect. It's a great, it's a great tool that but, if you let get out of hand, but carbon is the building block of life to where fire is like the, the biggest devastator, you know, but it's also the life bringer. And like, when you see a, uh, like, for example, out in Ross common area, um, out by the Asaba River and stuff, that you could tell when you, there's certain areas you drive through, you could tell people that people that aren't a, from Michigan. This is this is like northern mid Michigan. There's areas you drive through that you could tell like there's like twigs. You know, like when I say twigs, I mean like dead trees sticking out of the ground. And they're still charred, but the fire happened probably like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But in between all of these charred trees is just new growth and new life that within another a hundred years, that's going to be a very healthy forest. And not only that, like as a, and when people a- live only 50, 60 years, like they won't even get to see the fruition of it and they mm-hmm. like to preserve it as is, but maybe we're doing more harm and good than good when it comes to some of these aspects. Now, granted, I don't think that we should just let fires start wherever and kill people and destroy communities. And well, I mean, no, like we do, we do a lot of controlled burns, you know, maybe not enough where, you know, these fires are prevalent, but, um, but why do we do controlled burns? Because exactly what we're talking exactly about, exactly what we're talking about right now. And I, and I personally, as a mushroom person, you go to you go to these controlled burn sites a year after, and the mushrooms are crazy. Oh yeah, mora morels, chicken in the woods, and they're yeah. and they're, and and they're and they're clean too. Yes, no bullshit because it's all been all the bullshit's been burned up. Mm-hmm. Shit. No, it's Losing pretty awesome. Mind. I mean, it's uh when when you can't do it yourselves and it just happens, it sucks because then you have something like you have going in New York, but you know. When uh, yeah, what when the we fuck? You've <laughs> been great. so focused on building a wall in uh, the southern border. <laughs> we should be building one on the north. To keep, the <laughs> keep out those damn commies up north. That's yeah, what we're trying to keep out. Your, going- like, we got smoke invaded from the north. We got the immigrants invaded from the south. We have, we don't have secure borders, Dan. <laughs> we're gonna build a fan. It's going to be huge. <laughs> Yeah, why can't we just take all of our fucking windmills and face them towards Canada? Oh my god, no! No, that was brilliant. That's actually something Trump would say. (laughs) We're gonna build a fan. It's gonna be the biggest fan. It's gonna keep all the smoke out of here. (laughs) It'll be huge. huge This is another Michigan local thing. Uh, When the Silver Dome was supposed to get demolished, yeah, and it just and it was just a flop, and the demolition didn't work. And, then and it there was that stunk. I lived near it. It stunk. Did it? Yes. Uh, so then, uh, people made a Facebook group, and it had like a million people in it that said, "We're all just gonna point our fans at the Silver Dome and blow it <laughs> over <laughs> all at the same time." We should make a Facebook group that says, "Let's uh, all put fans on the on the Canadian border facing north <laughs> to get all the smoke out of America." Corey, let's have some fun. This is what we came for. We're already 40 fucking seven minutes in, but we got some time. We got, we're only halfway through the show. State of the nation. Uh, This is something we'll probably do. I don't know how often we'll do it, but we'll do it a a multitude of times. Once a year, yeah. Well, maybe more because we are coming up on an election in a year and a half. So just kind of see where the nation is. Uh, Leah, let's smoke these polls. 
Uh, so Corey, Corey's got a bunch of uh, <coughs> Corey's got a bunch of um, pulls from Gallup, right? And maybe next time we'll pull from somewhere else. Maybe we'll Larry says, "Where are the tiki torches?" It's like, have you seen the environment? There's no <laughs> way we're gonna light tiki torches right now. This country is a tinderbox, and I mean literally. God damn it, Larry! Don't you even fucking care about the environment? My brother's name is Larry. I wonder if that's him. It probably is. Uh, fuck off if it isn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about these. Uh, let's let's get into these polls, Corey. I wish I had some fun, like game show music to play because Corey's going to read these polls. And what are you going to do? Are you going to like read the demographics? And I'll try and guess like what the percentages are for each one. Um. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Sure. Right now, the first poll I got. It was a poll that was conducted about uh, extremism and support for extremist groups in the country. Mm. And it's based on military members versus the general populace. And I know I've already read this one to you guys. So this is an example that we'll just use for the first one. I don't think but I remember what the numbers Rand are. Rand conducted a national survey of almost a thousand veterans. And it was about do veterans support, uh, you know, white supremacy in our country. And it was comparing it to like the general populace versus veterans. So 7% of veterans, I mean, 7% of the regular population of America supports white supremacy. Can you guess? See, I know you guys already know this one though, but can you guess what percent of veterans support white supremacy? Isn't it like a fraction of a percent? Yeah, it's like 0.7%. <laughs> Which is actually great. Like, I'm glad to hear that our military is less racist than the regular people because you're literally putting people of all race, creed, religion together to fight for a common cause. Um, this girl, Ellen Gustafan. Was that like, was that, I was going to say, was that supposed to be like a gotcha thing because like the military? I think they like, were trying. Yeah, they were trying to get the military for being like white, white supremacists or something. Yeah, Ellen Gustafan, who uh, is like the wife of a, of a veteran. Uh, summed it up the best. She said, there's a lot of people in America who are looking at our military and veteran community, as you know, woke because mm -hmm. they're allowing trans people into uh, the military, which my personal opinion, I don't give a shit what your pronouns are. I don't give a shit if you're black, white, Muslim, Christian, whatever. If you're willing to sign up to take a bullet for me and my family, then God bless you. Good day to you fellow intellectual idiots. If you're this far into the show, we're guessing that you probably like it. So we'd just like to ask you to hit pause and on whatever platform you're listening, just leave us a quick review. It really does help us grow and gives us an opportunity to bring you even more great content in the future. And we'd also like to ask you to just press that share button and just send this episode to one friend that you think might be interested in our line of conversation. The best way for podcasts to grow in the sea of millions of podcasts really is through word of mouth. So every little bit helps and we appreciate you all. So let's get back to the show. But she says, so there's a lot of people in America who are looking at our military and veteran community, as you know, woke. And mm -hmm. then in another media silo, you can easily take away that our military is full of white supremacists. <laughs> as a military spouse who lives in this community i know that not to be true and that really had me thinking because it's kind of funny uh when you think about it 
that's a hundred percent how the media goes. If you watch MSNBC, white supremacy, you know, in the military, right. But then when you hear the right wing media talk about the military, like, oh, the military is going woke. woke. Well, which is it? Yeah. (laughs) Neither. Jokes on you. It's neither. Yeah. It's so, you know, you you know, my feelings about the military in general, but like, again, I've I've said it once a million times. I don't have a problem with individual people that are in the military that feel like they're doing a noble cause. I know a few, you know, I'm friends with a few vets. And like, I've never gotten like a white supremacy vibe, uh, like a white supremacy, a white supremacy vibe out of them. Ah, Occasional little bit of homophobia, uh, but it's mostly in jest. I don't know. (laughs) Is is, is that me? Like, it's always, they're always making fun of the Navy, right? I mean, same kind of jokes we made in high school, right? Right. That kind of stuff. So, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not surprised to find out that the military or at least veterans are uh not white supremacists. I'm not surprised to find that out. Okay, so I have another poll. It's America's satisfaction with the state of the nation. Ooh. So there's a percentage that's totally satisfied, a percentage that's somewhat dissatisfied, and a percentage that's very dissatisfied. And this is all demographics? This is all demographics. So totally satisfied, somewhat satisfied, and not at all satisfied. Yes. I'm I'm going to say so should we make a spread should we do an over under like what would we do like normal so normal polls what is it plus 1 what is it plus 3 per- percent for a poll or whatever like when it comes to polling for like a presidential candidate I, Yeah there's there well there's like a margin of error is that what you mean Yeah the margin of error so should we call that our spread I guess No I mean I guess I guess that's kind of what I'm going off Hey bright nice I'm just going to try and guess the numbers Okay, that sounds good. And we'll see how close we're not. We're not Vegas. (laughs) So, uh, so, so completely satisfied. Hop in here. I want you in on this too. So, completely satisfied. I'm going to say 14%. Somewhat satisfied. I'll say, I'm probably naming this, probably isn't even going to add up to 100. So, I'm just trying to get close. Uh, (laughs) Uh, somewhat satisfied. I'll say 20, 32% and not at all satisfied. Whatever the difference is like 65%. And then bell, what do you think? (sighs) Something it's got, it's going to be something similar. (laughs) I mean, there nobody's, nobody's satisfied. Not even halfway. Totally satisfied, zero. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and then not satisfied. The, the price is right. He's, he's betting a dollar. Honestly, God, it's it, 70% of the people not satisfied. <laughs> 65. Okay. So we have 23% that is totally satisfied. All right, I was close. What did you say, Bell? Zero. <laughs> Bell, Bell, take a drink. shoot all right um somewhat satisfied you said uh would you say 32 percent, dan yeah something like that i should probably write these down i would have said i would have said like 14 percent. okay bell take a drink (laughs) 28 (sighs) percent, and then it's 48 percent very dissatisfied so yeah okay so if you guys both got paper or a uh i got them written down 
Yeah. I'll write them down from going forward. But it's like 48% of the country is very dissatisfied. Very dissatisfied. So like what does that tell you? And and yet we we we're gonna sit here in 2024 and have two trash ass choices again. I don't think so. The executive of this nation. I don't think so. You know, you know that they're running the smear campaign and on Joe. And uh <coughs> Washington Post is the one leading the charge. Yeah, the problem is I've I've brought that up before that like well, they do, but RFK is not one they want because and that's it. it. That's so the that's, problem. So that's what I was gonna say is that like so I, I I've had this weird conspiracy theory going on in my head that like the, the Democratic Party and the mainstream media it has been like slowly trying to sabotage Joe Biden. You see instances of that. Well, they but know the he's bad for is, the brand. But the problem is they don't have they haven't found the replacement yet because it certainly isn't Kamala Harris. Nobody wants that either. No, nope. it's not RFK. And it's definitely not RFK Jr., even though I like RFK Jr., at least so far. I have some issues with him, but uh, yeah, so it's like, well, where's the replacement? Right. That's what's strange about it. I don't know. Anyway, on to the next poll. All right. U.S. support for gay marriage. What percentage do you think it is? And I remember there's a huge bunch of. This isn't fair because you told me. Around it. That's true. What do you think it is, Dan? Say that again. I missed it. Uh, <laughs> the U.S. support for gay marriage. U.S. support for gay marriage. So what uh, is this all demographics? Uh, this is just a percentage, yes or no kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's pretty high. I'm gonna go, even though I think it's actually come down um, for various reasons over the last few years. I'm gonna go seventy three percent. And then, Bell, you already know it, so Bell, I guess just say it. It's seventy percent. 71%. Oh, so goddamn close. Yeah, that was, that was a good guess, man. <laughs> okay, well, then how about this? What do you guys think it was in 1996? Uh, high 50s? 58%? No, I think it was higher. You think, I think it was, it was higher? I think it was mid-70s. <laughs> Better take a drink. It was 27%. Damn no it! Shit. <laughs> no shit. Larry over here is a uh, secret dictator. <laughs> noticing that I wasn't going to say he anything. Need to be eliminated. <laughs> I think he's trying to troll. That's funny. All right, Saddam. Oh, uh, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> um, environmental protection versus economic growth. What percentage do you think that the the people think protection of the environment is worth more over economic growth and vice versa. Protection of environment versus economic growth. So the these people would think that uh environmental protection is more important. Supersedes economic growth, yeah. Okay. Um Ooh. well so obviously anybody who is like left of Rachel Maddow <laughs> is definitely going to, going to think that environmental protection, I'm going to say, guys, this one's tough. 30, 37% would prefer environmental, environmental protection over economic growth. 
I'm leaving gonna, 63% to be uh, economic growth. Okay, and then you, uh, Bell? I'm going to go ahead and uh, disagree with Dan because I think uh, a lot more people will say that they're for environmental protection, although they're for economy growth. I'm going to go ahead and say 44%. Mm, Dan, take a drink. Uh-oh. 52% oh. of the country. Oh. 52% of the people in these in this poll. You know what? I should I should have guessed that it would be closer because anybody who's center left is going to go for the environment. Anybody who's center right is going to go for the the economics. I was hoping, I was hoping that the gutfeld libertarians were a bigger contingent than they actually are. <laughs> yeah. that was wrong. The thing 42% is too, you, think economic growth, 52% think protection of environment. So you talk to a lot of people like old, older people who are conservative and they, that's like a big thing with them is environmental conservation, even though they're the ones that botched it in the first place. Yeah. Because they, uh, they grew, they grew up in the seventies when Cleveland's mm-hmm. rivers were catching on fire. Yeah. <laughs> now they realize, you know, so it's just, a lot more people than I than you'd think. All right, this is a fun game. On to the next one. Yeah. All right, seriousness of global warming. This oh, one's I'm for gonna... you, Dan. <laughs> yeah, seriousness. The percent that thinks it's generally exaggerated, the percent that thinks it's generally correct, and then the percent that thinks it's generally underestimated. General, you said generally exaggerated, generally correct, and generally underestimated. Yeah. Uh generally wow this is tough um i'm gonna say generally correct is gonna be the biggest number here so i'm gonna go i'll go like 42 percent on generally correct under exaggerated god i can't do math on the spot so uh under exaggerated, I'm gonna go twenty-five percent. No, 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 no. Over exaggerated, I'm gonna go twenty-five percent. And under exaggerated or under whatever you said, um, taken not seriously enough. Uh, I'm gonna go whatever the fucking difference is there. What is that? Thirty-six percent, whatever that is. Okay. And what about you, Bell? I'm gonna say. 25% of people exaggerate it. 35% of people think it's absolutely correct. And then about 30, 30% of people underestimate it. Damn. So you guys almost had all the same numbers, but you mixed it up. It's almost exactly like dead nuts. Is it like 33, 33, 33? Nope. So no, I mean, on your flip-flops of uh, what you guys think. So 39% of the country thinks it's generally exaggerated. 36% thinks it's generally underestimated. And 25% thinks it's generally correct. So we both thought that the generally correct was going to be the biggest number. I nailed the under-exaggerated at 36%. Mm. I don't know who drinks. Maybe we both drink or neither of us drink. I'll take a one. drink with you, Dan. Oh, sure. Here, cheers, buddy. I'll take a drink with you guys, too, because <laughs> fucking I ain't driving. I'm almost out of beer. It's because mm. you I keep fucking up these polls. I've been taking shots this whole time. Good job. I know, man. 
<laughs> All right. On to the next. In oh, general, yeah. do you feel that the laws covering the sales of firearms should be made more strict, less strict, or kept as they are now? So more strict, less strict, or kept as they are. Oh, man. This one... This is just such a contentious issue. So I have to believe that more and and less are going to be big numbers and kept just as they are is going to be small. Um, so I'm going to say more strict is... Those those numbers might even be fucking identical. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go forty. I'm just gonna go forty, forty, twenty. So forty more, forty less, and twenty kept as they are. Let's just go with round numbers on it. This guy's been this guy's been trolling the whole show, but this is the most correct thing he said all night. Hundred percent right. Threatening threatening gun legislation sells the most guns and ammo. He's right. I love the banner, by the way. I didn't get to tell you that. <laughs> Let's smoke these clothes. <laughs> So I got 40 more strict, 40 less strict, and 20 want it kept the same. What about you, uh, Bell? I think you're going to be shocked. I think um, I think majority of people want more strict gun laws. Uh, so I picked uh, 52% for more strict gun laws, uh, 15% for less strict gun laws because the libertarian ideal is a very small minority, and that includes myself. Hmm. And... 33% of people want gun laws to be as is. Dan, you need to take probably two drinks. I do? <laughs> more strict, 57%. <laughs> less, wait, wait, you ready? Less strict, 10%. Kept the same, 32%. Mm. That's unbelievable. Dan I nailed I am, that one. I am so shocked by that because I just thought it was such a contentious issue. Who the fuck is taking these polls i'm gonna go grab a bottle of whiskey give me a second <laughs> there you go. Larry, Larry, we're, we're literally just reading gallup polls right now this episode this week is kind of weird we went out to kalamazoo to uh see for ourselves a company that's like kind of poisoning the air out there and so one of the segments we're doing this week is we're just reading gallup polls and i'm just getting these guys to guess what the uh American psyche is. Oh, and he said we're inside the box. We're not thinking outside the box right now. We're listening to the everyone inside the box. That's right. That's what polls are. Uh, that Trump po- what Trump poster? This is a fun game. I know. I just tell. I just told Bert. See that Trump one. poster? Which one? Who has a Trump poster? <laughs> Nobody has a Trump poster. Nobody one? has a Trump poster. Is it this one. This one right <laughs> here. It says Nah, Rosa Parks. That's Rosa Parks saying no. It's that's set off one of the most. Important civil right. That's the most gangster shit of all time. That actually helped this country get to a way, way better situation. And then he's got Beavis. (laughs) What's it say? Are you threatening me? Oh, it says, are you threatening me? Yeah, sorry. This guy's funny. I got some uh, some Russell's reserves here for the remainder of this competition. Attaboy. You had your shots. Do you have a gun in your home? What percentage do you think this is? Ooh. Well, we know there's more guns than people, but some of those are due to just arsenals and people's fucking sheds. Do you have a do you have a gun in your home? 
I'm going to say... See, that's... Going off of the last fucking question, now I'm going to go first myself. Yeah, go ahead. I'm second guessing myself now. I'm going to say 68% of Americans have guns in their homes. Okay. I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to say... I think it's more to be honest, but well, it's it's of people polled, but it's supposed to be mm-hmm. a representation of the United States. I'm gonna go a little lower. I'm gonna say fifty six percent have guns in their homes. Bell, take a drink. It's forty five percent. Oh no shit. Okay, so now <laughs> I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna do two more off of this. Um, what do you think the highest percentage was since the year nineteen sixty? Of people who have guns in their homes? Yeah, based on that number. Uh, and you said the number was what, 40, 45? Yeah. Wait, what year is it right now? Or what year is it you're talking about? What year is this? What are you, <laughs> fucking Robin Williams? Since, since, ni- since 1960, what was the highest percentage of people that had guns? 1960. I'm going to say it was probably higher than 45%. I'm going to go ahead and say because they signed a Hughes Amendment back in, was it 86? And that was probably the time when people had the most firearms because they had to sign that legislation. I'm going to go ahead and say mm, 57. That's basically what I said for the last question. Um, I'll go 52. Something close. Bell, take a drink. It's 51. (laughs) (laughs) now okay here we go here we go what year do you think that was 19 who think think carter reagan uh 1978 wait a minute no yes 1978 1978 83 only because he fucking priced the right prices righted you by three years it was 1994, 51%. Uh, I just drank, so we're good. 1991. Yeah, weird, right? That's before the Brady Bill. Bush administration. Oh, that's also before uh, Clinton signed legislation too, right? Didn't he sign legislation? Yeah, well, he wasn't elected yeah. until 92, so yeah. Because it dipped, so it. I should have asked, when do you think the lowest was? But I'm just going to say it. 1998, 34%. Makes sense. And then it's been pretty stagnant. Uh, 2020. It's funny because 2020 was 42 percent, and then COVID happened, and now it's up to 45 percent. Okay, on to the next one. What do we got? Views of the healthcare industry. What? What is it? He just said parents subsidize morons. (laughs) Do you pay your own bills? (laughs) No. No, my wife does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, me, the guy. He doesn't have the, one. Uh, the Sabbath shirt. I have a kid and I have a wife. I have two. Live in the uh, the nuclear family American dream. And I do mm, pay all my own bills. Mm, mm. What was the question? <laughs> views views, views on, the, the on the healthcare industry. industry. So what are the options? Um, Very somewhat positive. Versus very somewhat negative. Oh. Oh. So there's four options. No, it's basically two. Okay. Positive or negative? Positive or negative. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that 
Dan, I'm glad you're writing these down because I'm not. Um, I got I'm gonna you. Go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and say that around 35% think it's positive and uh, 65 think it's negative. Because a lot of these conservatives will come talk a big game when they all talk about health care for all. But deep down, when somebody actually talks about it, they know that our, our health care system is trash. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You mean conservatives that defend the private, like only private insurance, yeah, privatized like, healthcare, like like Medicare for all. If you want it, I'm all for it, dude. I don't give a fuck. Everybody. Yeah, I'm gonna. S- I think the negative has got to be pretty high too. Um, Bell went sixty-five, thirty-five. I'll go. I went thirty-five, sixty-five, thirty-five percent positive. Just That's what I mean. That's what I meant. Um, I'm going. I'll go 30, 70, 30, 30% positive, uh, 70% negative. You guys are going to get wasted. So what (laughs) I should have said was, you know, because like I just did the math on this and there is caveat. Oh boy. um, 13% that must think it's just, that doesn't have a opinion on it. Okay. So it's 47% think that it's negative. 40%. Say it's very to somewhat positive. Uh, we can both drink on that one. We're pretty, we're pretty close because it's like God, I did man, the math man. after. I just can't believe there's that many people who think it's positive. I'm like fucking eight shots in, guys. Well, I mean, because <laughs> I guess people would people would think it's positive because of the fact well, you that, don't like, have to take a full shot. Just take a little sip. Like it doesn't <laughs> it have to be down in the bottle. Have to be a full <laughs> fucking shot. <laughs> what's the fun in that dan i don't know but you're gonna throw up tonight <laughs> anyway what's the next we got another one we got more how many more we got give me more one two three four five six seven eight nine um, dan, you're gonna f- reason my fucking computer made my audio go back to my internal microphone i just switched it my I'll mouth isn't even big enough let's for do, let's, so we're, we're an hour 13 in let's do five more Pick your, we're pick just going to run through them. Okay. All right. In your view, should immigration be kept at its present level, increased or decreased? Present level, increased or decreased? Present, increased or decreased. Dude, that's fucking tough. It is really hard because you have you have a contingent of um, immigrants who don't think that we should have more immigration. Really? Yeah. really? I mean, <laughs> That's gonna be close. That's a close one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a majority of Americans want immigration, but they want it to be regulated. So, um, well, regulated more. Not that it's unregulated. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say fifty, fifty-six percent of people are pro-immigration, and then forty-four percent of people are kind of. There's end. three of them. Yeah. So there's. Do you want it to I stay at the want... present level? Do you want it increased or decreased? Oh shit. Okay. So hold on. I'll All go right. first. So I'm gonna say. Uh. I I gotta believe increased is gonna be the smallest number here, because it's pretty. It's pretty high as is. So I'm gonna go, staying at the present level. Thirty-one percent 
decreased 22%. What's what's the difference there? Uh, what is that? I don't know what the difference is there. Whatever the difference is, 27%, something like that, 28%. It's hard when you have to do math. You say 27% increase? Yes. Oh, right. wait. No, other way around. I'm sorry. 22, 20, 22 increase, 27 decrease. I wrote that backwards. No, Bell. <laughs> um, <coughs> I think around 70% of people wanted to stay as is. I think a very large majority Ooh, of people... Number. Yeah, well, I don't think people really. It's. I'm just drinking ahead of time because you're probably right. Um, I think a very low majority of people think that uh, immigration should increase, and I think that a very small amount of people should de- believe that we should decrease population or, uh, or immigration coming into America. You guys got me too many shots. Fuck. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go seventy percent believe as is. 13% of people believe we should increase and then 17% of people believe that we should decrease immigration. Uh, Bell, you got to take a drink. <laughs> Present Just level, it. you said it right on the nose, fucking Dan. 31%. Wow. Present level. Oh. And then then for a second, I got excited because when you talked about the uh, increase, it's 27%. For increase? But then you flipped it instead of oh, uh, decrease. Almost, I almost nailed it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, 38% say decrease. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had to drink for that one. We need to get Bell to bed. No, I'm good, bro. <laughs> Bedtime, I'm good. Bell. Ask me more questions. Honesty and ethics in professions. So this one's going to be tough to actually ask questions, I guess. Um, I guess I'll just pick like three out of here. And and then the percentage of people who have a very high uh, think that the standard of honesty is very high in this profession. Okay. Nurses. Nurses. Now, okay, so in this poll, there's very high, high, average, low, very low, no opinion. So let's just guess very high. Let's just guess that one. I'm going to say very high in nurses. Is it going to be... So how many options are there? There's four options, five options? Five, six. Six, yeah. Six. So this is going to be a high number. Um, th- I'm going to say... That, you think that people think that nurses are very honest? And ethical, yeah. I'm going to say nurses has got to be... 42%? Given all those options? Okay, and then you, Bell? I was going to say around 38%. Bell, price it writes you, it's 29%. Really? That low? Yeah. yeah high, is, high is 50%. So maybe we should go with high going you gotta, forward. When you, when you get these questions, you got to remember that people don't have full confidence. Yeah, so let's go with high. So 50%. All right, I'll take the drink. I'll take the L on this one. Okay. Uh, police officers. Ooh. I know real quick. So nurses is very high is 29%. High is 50. Average is 17. Low is three. Very low is one. Police officers. 
So we, ha, high, high ethics for police officers. I'm high gonna or say, very high? We're going high. high. We're going high. Yeah, not very high. Police officers. I'm going to say, God, there's a lot of thin blue line people out there. Uh, I'm going to say 26%. I'm going higher. I'm going 33%. Dan, take a drink. It's 37%. Damn it. The very high though is 13%. That was, was, I was going to say, that's my own bias coming out. That's all that is. It's 13% for very high, 32% for average. 11% 11% for low, 7% for very low. Yeah, no, people still have faith in police officers. They don't have faith in policing. Oh, here's a good one. Judges. Ooh, judges. This this one right here will explain a lot about how uh, how much people know about how court systems work. I'm going to say, so a high degree of ethics for judges I got a feeling this number is going to be pretty high. So do I. I'm going to say, because there's six options, a high number is 38, 39%. Oh, that was my number. Uh, <laughs> so do you think it'll be higher than lower than that? Just price is right. I don't me. know, dude. It's 40%. Okay. Did he get me? Bell, if you were going for the average, you would have won, but the high is 31%. Oh, god damn it. 8% for very high, 13% for low, 6% for very low. <laughs> All right, who's next? Um, ooh, here's a good one. Labor union leaders. So union leaders. Ethics in their profession. <laughs> that one's and this the caveat to this is our show is very pro-union but we have a lot to say about shitty union leaders 100 percent. that one that's what makes this one so tough i'm gonna go with union leaders high degree of ethics would be God, a lot of people hate unions. Can I? Can I? I'll go, <laughs> go first. Ahead, go for my, go ahead. Twenty-one percent. Twenty-one percent. No, do I want to go higher or lower than that? I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna price this right. Yeah, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have an actual number. I'll go. Bert, I'll go twenty. I'll go twenty-five percent. Bert just chimed in over here, and he said he's gonna go fifteen percent. Ah, shit. What, what, did you say, what did you say, Dan? 21? I said I said twenty five. Uh, Bell said twenty one. All right, so it's seventeen. <sighs> so you both had a drink if, if Dirty Birdie's playing. <laughs> yeah, seven percent very high, seventeen percent high, forty two percent average, twenty two percent low, nine percent very low. I knew it was going to be a low number. I thought twenty five was a low number. I knew it was going to be low. Nobody <laughs> has faith in the union anymore. Nothing. No, they have faith in the union. They it's not the leaders in the leaders. Ooh, well, that's where it one. starts. Bankers, bankers. It's like someone. But it's like like someone is saying, bankers? Is that like bank tellers, or is that like people who run banks? <laughs> it just says bankers. <laughs> okay, bankers. 
Uh, well, nobody trusts the banks, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. This is gonna be a low number. I'm gonna go. It's. It might even be lower than union leaders. You know what? I'll go with the union leader number. I'll go seventeen percent. I'm gonna go lower than that. I'm gonna go eleven percent. Maybe ten percent. Ten percent. Okay. So Bert says thirty-two percent. He's trying to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Bankers are twenty-one percent. Yes. Five mm. percent. Very high. 54% average, 15% low, uh, 5% very low. <laughs> All right. Um, how about uh, members of Congress? Oh, I think this one's going to be higher than we uh, want it to be. Yeah, because it's interesting because you have, you, you have split Congress right now. Yeah. Um. But you also have a lot of Trumpers that don't like. And this poll was know, taken November 9th, December second. So you, so you also have Trump twenty twenty two that don't like quote unquote rhinos. You did you have you've you've Democrats that don't like you know the AOC wing of the Democratic Party, and you also have the progressives that aren't big fans of you know the the, the Biden Pelosi wing of the party. So well, you, also got, you also got everyday Americans recognizing that politicians are throwing stupid little things in these everyday bills. Yeah, but you Corey know, and I, don't, Corey and I have been over this. Congress. Guys, guys like us recognize that. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think it's a. I think it's more people than we think. I'm gonna go. Uh, so this says a lot about. Before you answer, Bell, this answer is gonna say a lot about our faith in the American people's ability to understand what's actually going on. I have no faith in the American people's ability to know what's going on. I'm going to go ahead and say at a high rate, do we trust them? 24%. Uh, Congress, I'm going to go, I'm going to, if bell beats me on this, I need to retire because this is like my bread and butter. Why? <laughs> this is what I do. Uh I'm gonna go. He went 24%. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I gotta go lower. I'm gonna say 18%. Bert says 23. Bell, you better have some more faith in the American people because it is seven percent. Wow. Whoa. Even lower two, than I went. Two percent have high faith very high you mean yeah very high the average is 28 the low is 37 and the very low is 25 wow the only one that beats it is telemarketers they have a four percent and one percent higher is car salespeople oh you know what's sad though journalists only have 20 percent yeah well Honestly, I probably we need to step our game up. Then this motherfucker got me. I'm really glad I beat Bell on that on the one with Congress because so, me too. Uh, I don't want you to we talking. <laughs> so now remember, we were just talking about labor unions and how like people don't believe in the union leaders. But what is the overall approval in America for labor unions? Well, more. So hold on, you cut out for a second. What did you say about labor unions? What is the overall approval of labor unions? The overall approval of labor unions. Are we are we doing the whole very high, high average? It's just approve or disapprove? Approve or disapprove of labor unions. 
I got to believe the number for, a well, it's tough to know because there are a lot of people with union jobs that don't trust unions or like union level jobs that don't trust unions. I'm going to say the amount that trust unions is 42%. I was kind of in the same realm. I don't think very many people trust unions, but I think uh, a lot of people work for them. I could see it being lower than 42%, but that's my number. I could also see it being a little bit higher, but I'm going to go ahead and guess uh, 39%. Boys, it is not 2010. It is at 70%. 71%. shit. It's 1% lower than the highest in 1936. That is 72%. Bert guessed 70. Yeah, 62. <laughs> he still beat the shit out of you guys. So in 2008, which makes sense, it dipped down to 48. Because the unions didn't do anything they were supposed to. for. The I'm living in a different goddamn country. <laughs> <laughs> Don't these, a lot of these polls, they give you a little bit more faith, right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, because, well, the reason, I guess I'm just thinking about it the way that I look at it, which is yeah. like, I like the concept of a labor union, but I don't always trust the bureaucracy that goes into a labor union. It's a so very pre- convoluted thing. So pre-COVID, it was 64%. It shot up, you know, 7%, which makes sense because we were talking about that. Um, so real quick sidebar, Dark Bring Sage. Dark, Dark, Dark Sage says he has an interesting question for this panel. And then he just said, it seems like today all the presidents are spoken of negative negatively or attacked by the media. However, I am curious why no one ever says anything bad about President Eisenhower. I saw a stream once where people were bashing all the presidents, but when they came to him, they said decent guy and moved on. Even the media outlets today, I have never seen them say anything negative about him in particular. So the only thing I have to say about Eisenhower, because Eisenhower was after Truman, right? Correct. He's the first president that faced an unprecedented issue that the entire world didn't see when he had nuclear weapons and other people did, and it was a new tool, and we didn't see a nuclear apocalypse because when it was Truman, Truman wanted to do a preemptive strike with nuclear weapons against their enemies to make sure they didn't get these weapons. And then he, he also and he also threatened the world. He also warned the world of the military industrial complex. Yes, that was the biggest thing. But the but the biggest controversy is is that he did not warn the world about the CIA. He knew that we were going to be intervening everywhere, but he also knew that um, Congress being informed of the CIA's activities would trouble America. So he was for the CIA against the military industrial complex. I don't understand it. It was a weird thing. Yeah. And if that's his biggest controversy, um, he also kicked the can down the road about segregation though. Didn't he? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I don't, I don't know too much about it. I can't say I'll read more into it. I'll read more into it. And I can, there was nothing, there was nothing like, like when you think about, um, presidents that came after him i'm thinking of lbj uh kind of overtly racist 
but also kind of going with the flow when it came to the civil rights movement. It's kind of the way I've always viewed LBJ on that issue. But like he followed the polls, not his own people. Don't, people, don't, people don't shit on Eisenhower because he's the one that put us on to the military industrial complex. What we're, what we're seeing every single fucking day. Yeah. Uh, he was the grandfather. So there's going to be a huge narrative overall of like, media that's like well yeah he was great because he's making a lot of people money yeah. today yeah and uh he was also president during the uh the iran coup and you're that right brought he a, was it brought a that, lot that is giving us so many goddamn headaches today mm-hmm. uh yeah it, it really when we is. yeah when we threw when we overthrew the king or no no we overthrew a democratic iran and instituted a king we're yes, supposed to love democracy because they had their oil they nationalized their oil and, and actually, we didn't like that <laughs> the company the company bp better petroleum is a product british of, petroleum not better petroleum british petroleum not anymore buddy yeah it's not british anymore <laughs> oh at the not time anymore, though it was. yeah yeah at the yes, time it was. was so that is a product of all of that and i mean we could get into all that but i mean but yeah, 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 no, that's it's interesting that he brings that up because yeah, like yeah. there are certain presidents that seem like they're off limits, but they did terrible things. Like another example is FDR. Yeah, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I wouldn't say. I no, people, there are, there are a lot of people who shit on FDR. People on that the right, exists. like libertarians, Not, libertarians yes, and stuff. Yes. But people on the left look at him like a godsend. But yet he easy, put people he put people in internment camps based on the color of their skin. No, but I see I see where this guy's coming from because it's easy to shit on FDR. You know, it's easy to talk about internment camps and all that. No, and I know he's talking about off limits. Let, let me explain what I mean by off limits. All right. I we'll understand what this guy's mean. There so, are others that are off limits. I think I FDR, think Lincoln's pretty off limits. FDR Lincoln, Kennedy. Washington's definitely off limits. No, he's Kennedy, not. Kennedy's another sure one. Sure he is. He was the first president. I don't know how. No I don't, founding he, father. No founding father is off limits. You've heard these people talk about them. They're slaves, yes. this, that, whatever. I understand that, but as a president, he's off limits. Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I yeah, because he's the one that instituted. He didn't do it through legislation, but he's the changing of the guard. He was the first person in like history to like ever do that to like give up his power. And people lost like the British and stuff like that lost their minds over that. They're like, how? Why would he do that? Because they're used to a monarchy. The reason the reason that people don't talk about Eisenhower is because he was a good old boy. And all the bad things that he did were good for our country back then. And he was the first president that really kind of spoke truth to power. Kennedy, and he laid the ground. Kennedy words. tried to do that. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that and that was the president afterwards. So there was a whole stretch there where there was presidents trying to tell the truth. They had to do bad shit to make our country good. And that's why people don't talk about. That's why people don't talk about the bad things that JFK did. Like he was. Like he was a segregationist, and then it really—I mean, people credit him with, you know, the the movement, like the civil rights movement, and <coughs> but it really wasn't him. It, that didn't happen till after him. You it would have happened. It would have happened under his watch. I mean, he was—he was a Catholic. He was discriminated against himself. Not only that, he just—he was a man of the people. He wanted to tell the people what was going on, and but I mean. Even though he was against it, he would have ended segregation because that's what everybody wanted. 
All right, dark. So he dark goes. I'm not saying he was the best person ever, but what? T- but you, t- what you, what today? Washington was racist. Trump was this. Obama was that. But I have never heard one negative thing ever said about Eisenhower. I heard someone say once, "Well, he was the supreme Allied commander." Are you really going to bash someone who fought against what he did? He basically gets a pass because he was a decent guy and just and not a piece of shit. Well, what that says to me is more that he was just kind of a boring president <laughs> you know because it, 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 you have to you have to take in you have to take into consideration the context of the time right uh you know people shit on trump because you know I, I guess you could say bush obama trump we're talking about internet era presidents right so there's just a million things you can read a million things you can see a million different pieces of propaganda pro and against all of these presidents uh so, yeah, I mean, the context of the time has a little bit to do with it. You know, and, and there's a lot of revisionist history. I think there's a lot of revisionist history about uh, even some of the more popular presidents when you're talking about either of the Roosevelt's, Teddy or or FDR. Um, I think there's a lot of revisionist history about Kennedy. I think there's a lot of revisionist history about LBJ. Like somebody like Eisenhower he was president during a time that was regarded as this sort of overblown today, but this sort of era of American perfection, right? When you talk about the, 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 the 1950s, it's bullshit. Cause obviously there was still a ridiculous amount of segregation and, and, and what have you, but it was, it's, it's viewed as kind of the golden era of, of the United States of America, at least in the 20th century. Not only that, you got to remember that back then there was and ultimately the he care. You remember, you know, he was, he was president like during the fifties. So he was the president during a time when, uh, all of Europe and even parts of Asia was absolutely decimated. So he helped put in the building blocks to make America the superpower that it is. I'm on the UVA MillerCenter.org right now, and I'm just going to read the first uh, paragraph. And it says, Although there were dangerous moments in the Cold War during the 1950s, people often remember the Eisenhower years as happy days, a time when Americans did not have to worry about depression or war as they had in the 30s or 40s, or difficult and divisive issues as they did in the 60s. Instead, Americans spent their time enjoying the benefits of a booming economy. Millions of families got their first televisions and their second car and enjoyed new pastimes like hula hoops and transistor radios. Young people went to drive-in movies or malt shops, often wearing the latest fashions, peg pants for men, poodle skirts for women. There's just there's just very little. It was it, he just happened to be the president during a lull time. Yeah, there's just a like very a, there's there's was, very little to blame him for. Yeah, you know the you guy, can turn. You can look back at almost any other president in the 20th century and find something to blame on them. Listen, the guy was a golden boy. He was in World War One. He did good. He came home. He was an American boy. He wanted to quash communism back when it was prevalent. He, you know, was just his foreign policy was kind of trash, though. Yeah, well, they didn't. Nobody gave a shit about that. So Robert says, I don't think I've heard a whole lot of bad things about Carter either. That's. That's not true. There's a lot of bad things about Carter. Carter was <laughs> yeah. a bad, listen, the 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 most heard. He's a great that guy. Was, That's the thing. Is like he's that, he was just a oh, nice he's one of the nicest farmer. guys in the world. <laughs> the, pro- the, the problem is Iran, for humanity. His Iran wife Contra, just got dementia, uh, which is sad. Yeah. There was Iran Contra, right? There was also 
uh, the biggest yes. the the oh, biggest man. issue of inflation, basically until we saw in today under Carter. Uh, so yeah, he, I mean, he had, he had some, he had some issues. I don't think, I will say this about Carter. I don't think anybody says there's not a lot of people that say bad things about Carter on a personal level. Everybody looks at Jimmy Carter and they go, just like, what a nice fucking guy. And sometimes that's what people think was his downfall was that he was too nice of a guy, which was what made him a bad president. So I don't know. Yeah. So guys, unfortunately, I feel like we're getting a little long in the teeth here. Dude, I got a piss. I, I have to be yeah. so goddamn Do some do some research on uh on Dwight Eisenhower. I mean, he wasn't is he just turned into a history podcast. Listen, no, yeah. Well, everybody, every all presidents have done bad shit. That's the bottom line. All presidents have done bad shit, but who has done the least amount of bad shit? <laughs> wow okay let's that's our homework let's see figure out which president which president did the least amount of bad shit it's probably gonna be one of the first is, 10. That, is that fair here's a hint it was not woodrow wilson and it was not herbert hoover it wasn't harriet <laughs> truman either yeah it was probably like maybe jesus william <laughs> mckinley no, it's gonna be one of the first couple, but it, you know, but uh, it'd be like John Adams, dude. No, who was well, home? No, who's, John Adams. Who's, who's, hold, no, on, John hold on, Adams. Adams was, John Adams was the greatest president. I don't care what anybody. But John Adams also made it illegal. John Adams. He, no, John Adams. When Jefferson, when when he beat Jefferson, he made it like illegal to criticize, like the government and the party or something like that like he did some weird shit like he was uh, i never heard of that yeah i, I was literally just i'm gonna, I'm gonna tell today. you the answer i'm gonna tell you the answer you want to know which president did the least bad shit william henry harrison you know why is he the one that died like three he, months he in? Was, he was president for 31 days he's the one that died 31 <laughs> days in. <laughs> yeah you're right that's the answer right. that's the president of the we're gonna get rid of him we'll get rid of him and then we gotta still do some homework Except right. for William Henry. The Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. That was a fun episode. We got to do more of these where we just have have a good time. Stop making it so serious. Oh, yeah, I uh, thought that was fun. Look for our look for our three part series. Look for our three part series on Kalamazoo. It's coming out. Um, it's fun. I don't know. It's fun. I don't know if it's fun. No, I'm <laughs> Bert said Taft, and I you know what? I got a lot to say about him, but he's. I don't think he is actually. He was able to use the executive branch the proper way. Uh, but yeah, we'll have that conversation another time. We should just have a show on the presidents. That would be fun. Let's we do could. That. Let's, we could do a subset oh, series man, of just every know. president. That's 45 episodes right there. Time. All right. I got to pee. Rebel the Body Snatcher. He's been Corey Walsh. This He's has been, been Dan Lee Griffin. And we are out of here. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even let you say who I am. <laughs> He's Dan Griffin. <laughs> We the people cannot turn back.